right, welcome to another episode of Rise of the Entrepreneur. Today, I have a very special guest for you, a guest that has been the most requested guest for 2024. Many of you have asked for him to come to our show, and we finally were able to make it happen. You see, many people call him the godfather of infomercial. He has launched over a thousand products in over a hundred different countries, creating over $6 billion in global sales. He has helped over 20 companies to reach $100 million in revenue. He is the original shark on the ABC hit show Shark Tank. He's the author of several best-selling books. He's the mentor of two millions, Mr. Kevin Harrington. Thank you so much for being here. Albert, thank you. Wow, that was an awesome introduction. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Kevin, I, I had a great opportunity of meeting you on your show. We connected, you know, very good, and I relate a lot. Awesome, to hanging out with you. Yeah, loved, loved, loved uh, our time together. Thank you, thank you, Kevin. A lot of people have asked you to come to our show in 2024, and you were actually one of the top 10 uh, requested guests. And we're starting the 2024 Rise of Entrepreneur podcast with you being number one guest. So I'm excited to have you. I have a lot of questions for you. I know we're very sure. short on time, so we're going to try to get as much juice out of you here, okay? Okay, super. Let's do it. Perfect. So, Kevin, my first question to you is, can you share an experience from your early life that significantly influenced your career path? Yes. Um, so um, I, I was, um, when I was 11 years old, my father... At, had previously he was a, had been a bartender so um, it did it did not have tremendous he didn't graduate from college um, and it, you know he was a, a, a social guy um, but finally he saved up enough money and he opened up his own place Harrington's Irish pub and I started working in his restaurants when I was 11 years old and uh, you know I, I was working a 40 hour week, because I, I would work after school and then I would work weekends, um, Friday nights, Saturdays and Sunday. And, 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 and so after a couple of years, I said, dad, I said, I love kind of helping out the family business, but yeah. is there ever a time when I can have my own business? You know? And he wow. said, said, Kevin, he said, yes. He said, it's time that I help you get your own business. My dad was my first mentor because he was an entrepreneur, owned his own bars. He had, and he ended up with multiple bars and restaurants, very entrepreneurial. I, I started a, a, my first business when I was 15. And this was at my father's, um, you know, kind of mentoring, right? And, and then I had, then that was in high school for four years, I had a business. Mm -hmm. Then I had a business in college for four years in college. Then I got out of, that, and then I got out and then I actually, I didn't graduate because I had a business while I was in school and I, I had 25 employees and we were doing over a million dollars a year in business with six trucks going out every day. And this was back in the seventies, wow. 1977, 78, 79. And so, uh, the, and then this is the game changer. Uh, one day, um, I, 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 you know, I was in business and, and quit school, but I was making money. I'm buying houses and I bought an office building. I bought a house, I bought a second house. You know, I'm a kid, I'm 19 years old and, you know, doing all this stuff. And, and, um, and so all of a sudden, um, I, I'm watching cable television and my, my cable went dark and I, oh. and I'm like, 
what's going on? I called the cable company and I said, hey, there's a problem. I, I, I'm not getting anything on this channel. And what's, is there a technical issue? And they said, oh, you tuned in to the downtime of Discovery. It's only an 18 hour a day channel. It's a new channel. They yeah. don't have a budget for 24 hours, <laughs> six hours of nothing. <laughs> and that's when the light bulb went off, Albert. Wow. I said, if you don't have anything to put on there, I'll get you something and let's split some profits. Okay. I love it. I love it. That was back in the early eighties. And I started filling those airwaves and to this day, been filling them ever since over a thousand infomercials. We did Jack Lane and the juicer, George Foreman, Tony little fitness, Billy yes. May, you name it. We've been, you know, involved with many, many, many exciting projects. And it's just been a lot of fun. Kevin, just to kind of recap, at 11 years old, you're working 40 hours a week. Yes. And oh, yeah. you ask your dad, at what age do you want to own your own business? Correct. Yeah. Wow. And, and he, he said, when I, when I turned, when I was 15, he said, now it's time. And the funny it. thing is, I, 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 I needed a truck. And when you're 15 years old, you can buy a truck but you can't drive it. So right. I bought it and paid a guy to drive me around. Okay. I, at 15 years old. Wow. Yeah, it was my first business. I, I was on a bicycle at night, um, you know, making sales calls. Wow. And um, literally, I, I pull the bike up, hide it in the bushes, knock on the door. And <laughs> it was- Kevin, uh, This philosophy, this mindset that you have at 11, 15 years old, owning, wanting to own different businesses. It came from the environment of being around your father, right? Yes, absolutely. Wow. And did your father's father also own businesses or what, did he had completely different, you know, career path? You know, my, my, my grandfather, um, he was a, a professional referee in the NFL. <laughs> and so um, he was not an on, my grandfather worked for, others but um he it, he was he was not like a nine to five job kind of guy i mean okay referee in the nfl hey you work sunday okay right. <laughs> <laughs> you know and you get paid pretty good money so yeah. you know he was a smart guy and um but not an entrepreneur my dad was in the family uh, you know the, the the first entrepreneur to to, to obviously mentor me too I had a conversation with a few people that we know, and they told me the fun fact about Kevin is that I don't think this man has ever worked for anyone else. That you never had a job. Is that true? Well, you know, it's, it, there, was, there was one year that um, in between things, and you know, like when I was doing the, I mentioned the driveway ceiling, okay? Mm -hmm. That was only when, when I was 15 and 16 and 17. But that was only a summertime business. So oh, okay. because you could only put driveway, you know, the driveway ceiling seals the cracks and beautifies the driveway. Yeah. So, so actually during the regular season, because I wanted to make money year round, I, I worked in an ice cream store just to have a little fun and make a little extra money. So okay. it, you know, was, it was something to, you know, I, I like keeping active, you know, Love it. And, um, so I, I was 16 years old working in an ice cream store and I did that for a year. And that, that's the only job I've ever had. 
Kevin, you're an amazing salesperson. You obviously, to be able to be as successful as you are, you need to know how to sell. Tell me what are the key principles have guided you, you know, to have this sales ability or master in sales? Like what are your key principles when you're selling? So, well, and that's a really good question. Uh, I could probably spend, uh, you know, hours on that. But um, I mean, I, I would say this, the, in, in sales, there's, there's different elements and yeah. you've got, you know, the opening and, and it's very important to get to know the people that you're selling. Okay. Right. You, you know, their background, do they have kids? Where do they vacation? What's, you know, because it, it's, it's all relative now, if, if you can get to know somebody and, and talk their language. Okay. Yeah. So, because people buy from friends and if they think you're just a closer, you know, mm. they're, they're going to back up. Okay. But if you get to know them, now you have a good quality presentation. Um, um, my focus was the closing the sale. And so I, I learned from some of the best. I mean, uh, Zig Ziglar was my mentor. Yeah. And Zig wrote a book, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all about sales, closing the sale, right? Yeah. There's another guy named Jay Douglas Edwards that wrote a book on closing the sale. Uh, Tom, um, oh, what's his name? I can picture Hopkins. his face now. Hopkins. Uh, yeah. wrote, you know, so I consumed all of these books, but I will tell you this, Albert, I became one of the best one-call closers that was just, I mean, I learned how to sell and people would say, but I want to think about it. And most other sales, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. I had answers to every single objection. And let me just give you one way of understanding how I did this. If, when you're selling, people will tell you why they can't buy, right? right. I, I don't have the money, okay? So what you have to do is this. You isolate the objection, meaning... Okay. What you don't do, oh, I don't have the money. You don't just handle that because then they're going to say, oh, but I also have to talk to my wife. Right. And, then you, and then you hit that. Oh, and I also, you know, but so I don't have the money. So now what you do when you isolate that, you say, okay, so you, you love the product, right? I mean, uh -huh. this is a great product. It, you love it. If you had the money, you'd buy it, right? Is that what you're telling me? It's just yes. there's nothing else. Right. That is the problem here, except the money. Is that correct? That okay. is correct. You don't do it that hard, but you put kind of isolate them into a corner that it's the money. But then when I tell them, do they, can they afford 10 cents, you know, a, a day or something, yeah, you know, yeah. $5 a month um, or a week. And then you get, you know, now they can afford it because you just showed them how. So you've isolated the objection. This is the only reason they can't. And now they've agreed that they could afford five bucks a week. And now you make the sale. So sales, closing, uh, the presentation, getting to know, very, very important. And just to clarify for our audiences, we have a lot of young you know, salespeople, entrepreneurs who are just getting into sales. The reason for isolating a sale is because we want to make sure that it's a real objection and not an excuse. Am I correct? Correct. And it also, it's if, if you don't isolate it, mm -hmm. if you just answer it, 
they got five more they're coming back to with gotcha. you, right? But if you, if you, okay, so, it, you know, it, if you got the husband and the wife there, you know, I, I'll give you an example. I had, I was selling a baby high chair. It was a safety high chair used in hospitals. Okay. And it was a thousand dollar high chair. And, and, and a married couple with their first baby would always say they can't afford it. Okay. But they also, it, you know, so I would make the sale and the next day they would call and cancel. And they'd say, you know, uh, Kevin, thank you for coming to my house last night. But um, I talked to my, my mom and she said, $1,000 for a high chair. My God, I, I, I'll get you one and I'll give you the one that you used when you were a kid. But so, so now I just lost the sale, but this yeah. is what I do. Uh, it's called post-close. So I just made the sale. Now I'm walking out the door and I'm like, you know, I just, before I leave Mr. and Mrs. Smith, because uh -huh. you know, we, we spent a couple hours together. I just want to, I just want to make sure that we really, that this is something you really wanted to do because you know, the worst thing that could happen, I, I'm sure you guys make your own decisions at times, but d d let me just ask you, do you need to talk to your mother or father before you make this decision? Cause I wouldn't want you to call me tomorrow and say, Oh my God, my mother, <laughs> talk me out of this or yeah. do you make your own decisions yeah. and you know what everybody said my mother's not talking me out of this what i want i get i've decided this is mine i'm getting it okay so the next day when the mother says what did you do hey i made the decision this is used in children's hospital mom you didn't you weren't i said she's not here to see the presentation if right. she tells you you made a bad move make sure you tell her about all of these things and then i would resell the whole product again and spend a half hour in the post close and i'm going to tell you right now 30 percent of everybody's sales used to cancel on a thousand dollar high chair uh -huh. safety high chair once i learned post closing zero percent zero Wow. Never one person cancel in that particular business because it was a powerful way to close. I would actually, I would say to them as I'm walking out the door, by the way, here's your, take your check back. If there's any chance you're going to call tomorrow and say you've made the wrong decision, I want you to tell them, take the check back. And, and it's it. in their hand and I would make them give it back to me again. Wow. Wow. They become almost your ambassadors for the product because now oh, they're emotionally yeah. triggered and invested because they made a decision and they take pride in making that decision. Yes. I never had anybody say, you know, you're right, Kevin. I think I need to talk to my mom before wow. I make my own decision because she decides a lot of things for me. No, nobody ever said that. Okay? I love it. They said... I make the decisions and boy, did I lock them in. Okay. Wow. Never a cancellation selling. There is an art to selling and, and you know, there, you know, I, I could keep going, but th that's just a couple quick little tips. Love it. I love it. Now I have a question for you because you, you, you're considered to be a godfather of infomercial and infomercials. They are quick, right? You have to be urgent. You need to be able to show the product, demonstrate the product right there and there. So yeah. if somebody is on a call and they're looking to close a deal, 
How do you make sure the customer does not confuse your persistence versus pressure? So this is important. And this is why I first said, you've got to become friends, okay? Get to know them. And let me give you an example. One day I was raising $20 million for a venture. And that's a sales process, selling people on writing a check. And I put the first half a million into the venture. So I was vested. And uh-huh. now I started meeting with people. But what, when I met with them, I would, I, I, we met at their home. We met at coffee shops. We met at my office, wherever it took. But I'm sitting at a kitchen table. And, 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 I, and I would say, let, let me ask you, what kind of investments have worked for you in the past? And, uh-huh. you know, so I let them tell me what it is I'm going to need to do to sell them, right? right. So right. tell me what it is you like, okay? Uh-huh. Well, I like an investment that, that has a profit and is building and has this and that. And then, so then I would turn all of that around and show them how this investment had everything that they just asked for, okay? Yes. So this is the get to know you phase, right? Yeah. And, and so... When, when, when you get to know people and you understand them, um, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're not a high pressure salesman. Now you are solving their problems. That's a good salesman is a problem solver. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, people that don't know how to sell, they don't ask questions, right? People that do know how to sell and they're okay in sales. They ask questions, but they don't get answers to it. But the great salespeople, they ask the question and they make sure to get an answer out of them. So I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Kevin, you're so successful. You have built so many different businesses. You're a mentor to millions of people. The question that we have for you is, what mindset do you believe is essential to become a successful entrepreneur? So this is, this is going to maybe confuse you. Okay, you need a mindset that understands failure, understands that entrepreneurs fail. And, and I mean, when I first started, and I was doing projects, I, I thank God the very first one I did worked. But the second one didn't, the third one didn't, the fourth one didn't. And I'm like, now I'm one out of four thinking, is this the last one I'm ever going to be successful with? Well, then the fifth one hit. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm two for five. And so I started understanding, you, not everything's going to work. You, you, no one bats a thousand percent or a hundred percent. You know, it's, you have to understand failure is part of life. And so Winston Churchill is an amazing man that was here for many, many years and has gone now, but he, he had a saying that success is being able to go from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. I love and, it. and so I never used to get enthused when I failed, but I, I don't let it damper my enthusiasm when I do, because I learn from it and and, and, and get the best of it. And, and also we don't just give up, we go back and tweak and try it again. But yes. the bottom line is, is that entrepreneurs need, they, they need to understand not everything's going to work. Deal with failure properly because I've seen too many people, their head goes right into the gutter after they fail and they're out. They can't come back. Wow. And, and if, if you're, I mean, being a real entrepreneur, 
requires resilience. I agree. And, you know, you got to be able to take people. I mean, 35 years ago, my accountant came into my office and said, what are you selling for $1,000? And I said, nothing. What do you mean? He said, I'm selling $29 knife sets. He said, well, your accounting department last month issued 15 $1,000 credits. And I mm -hmm. said, to who? Well, to the same group of people, they've been doing this for six months, okay? Wow. $200,000, my accountant was crediting all their friends and relatives. Wow. And it's like, you know, you learn from your mistakes. You know, this was the early days of the business, but what that did for me was was made me a lot smarter. And also, I, I knew that I had to, one more thing as an entrepreneur that as good salespeople, you need a good dream team. If a salesperson will sell more if they're selling the dream team to the, to the eventual client, because having a dream team is a dream team of experts. I couldn't agree more. You know, we have a saying here in our office, don't let the success get to your head and don't get the failure get to your heart because yes. you got to be able to look at the bright side and fail forward and learn from, you know, whatever didn't work. Last question for you, uh, Kevin, I know we're tight on time here. I want to make sure that I'm respectful of your time. The question that I have for you is tell me, what do you think is the difference between a business owner and a leader? And do you need to have both to have a successful business? Yes. Very good question. I mean, just because you're a business owner doesn't mean you're a leader for sure. I mean, it's real easy. I, I used to sell businesses. I, mm -hmm. I, I was a business broker for a number of years. I sold pizza parlors, delicatessens, flower shops, etc. People would come. They, uh, I, I sold Fred's Meat Market. Been in business 28 years, doing a, doing a 1.5 million dollars in sales. Fred's Meat Market, making a huge profit. Yeah. We sold it. The owner buys it. A year later, the owner comes back and says, this has been a piece of crap business. I, I'm only doing 1.2 million. I don't know if those books were accurate, but 1.5 is impossible. And so I looked at his books and I, and, I, and I saw, well, wait a minute, this advertising, the year before you bought the company, they spent $50,000 in advertising. You spent zero. He said, oh, that was an expense I didn't need. Yeah, it cost him $300,000 in sales and his company was going down the tubes. Right. So, I mean, just because you buy a business doesn't mean you're a leader or that you're smart. The people came back to me a year later wanting to sell the business. And by the way, they wanted to sell it for more than they paid for it to try to make a profit when they destroyed it. And, you know, it's just a terrible thing. But true leaders become very, very powerful. And I think that's the difference. This is what, what we all strive to be is a good leader in our business because um, it, it, you, you need to be able to motivate your people. And, you know, not everybody, most people in the company are looking to the leader to give them direction. And so that's the power of a good leader. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the Rise of Entrepreneur. I enjoyed our conversation. And again, I know we're going to do this again uh, sometime soon. Thank you for being a role model, mentor to millions. We appreciate you. Thank you, Albert. Good seeing you. And Same take here. care. Good luck. You too. Bye-bye.